Welcome back to What Do You Want to Watch, the show hosted by myself, Nathan English, and David Dirks. And we're a little late, but they came out literally 12 hours after we recorded our second podcast or our podcast last week. So we didn't get to talk about it, but the Oscar nominations have been finalized. The most prestigious award show in movies is going to take place in a few months. And we know who's going to be competing. David and I are going to break down all the nominations. We're going to talk about snubs. We're going to talk about movies. We wanted to get in. We're going to talk about surprises and we're going to talk about who we think is probably going to win. All that Mm. is coming up on this Oscars pod. So stick around. Stick it. You are still listening to this podcast after David said the ad lib stick it in the, it's the intro. second time. It's just <laughs> I would like to congratulate you. I think I'm just gonna stop saying stick around, David, so that yeah. you don't have the opportunity to say stick it. Because I convince myself I'll do an ad lib off of what you say, and then as soon as you say it, I'm like, ah, it's already coming out, and then it's too late. Yep. Yep, that's fair. <clears throat> um, David, <sighs> the nominations have been finalized. They were announced um early. January 24th, um, why? Like 5 a.m., right? Like super Yeah, early. why they do this in the morning instead of just, you know, like night and have a 30-minute show on primetime television announcing who's nominated, I'll never know. Uh, yeah. they, it's like they actively try to have people not pay attention to them, <laughs> which is rather hmm. frustrating. Mm-hmm. But oh, first, before we even break down the individual nominations right now, how are you feeling overall about whether or not the Academy voters got it right in terms of who was nominated? I think I feel pretty good. Um, I feel like, which we're going to get to this, there were like four like movies released all at once that like swept everything, it feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, and, we'll, and we'll get to that. Um, I think, I feel like this year, it's, there's a lot more mainstream quote unquote movies that took the awards. I feel like last yes. year there were a bunch of uh, movies like Coda and um, what uh, Belfast, like some of these movies we hadn't heard of and ev- even more. I feel like this year it's like, you know, this was talked about a lot. You know, this is talked about a lot. This Steven Spielberg movie. Like I feel like a lot of these movies that kind of swept the awards were pretty popular besides one or two uh, that we'll get into. So I think that's not a bad thing by any means. I was just surprised because I feel like the, Academy tries to maybe sometimes even too hard, but sometimes in a good sense, um, find like maybe underdog or not as heard of movies, you know, and I just feel like they didn't take place as much this year. I think, I think there's a couple of factors. I, w- I would agree with you. They, they, there's more um, mainstream crowd pleasing movies that were nominated for multiple awards this year than there mm-hmm. were last year. I think part of that is, Look, there's just more to choose from. Quite honestly, last year in theaters, if you talked about the big theater hits, you were talking about Dune. In a way, you maybe, I guess, we're talking about West Side Story, but that movie actually didn't do well in theaters. Encanto was probably the best performer overall over expectations in terms of box office. But you're right. Most of these movies were not seen by audiences at large where if you look at the best picture nominations alone for this year i i think you could legitimately say like the people that care about the casual i would say viewers of the oscars who who don't watch every single oscar movie but watch most of them have seen three or four of these nominated Mm -hmm. for best picture and and two of them i think everybody on the planet has seen that wants to watch movies at this point so 
it, I, I would say it's a, a, a much bigger year in terms of recognizable, yeah. n- not only movies, but also names. We have quite a few, like, especially in the acting category, I think specifically, um, recognizable names. So mm-hmm. first, let's just talk about Best Picture. Um, okay. 10 films were nominated this year. And, um, you know, it, there were a couple of, it feels like late editions, um, avatar, the way of water is probably the latest in terms of, of release date and, and when it got in or, or unless you're counting women talking, which actually I don't think technically was released wide released in theaters until 2023. Um, but mm. in order, in alphabetical order, all quiet on the Western front, avatar, the way of water, the banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun Maverick, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. David, this is the this is the award people pay most attention to. Yeah, yeah. How are you feeling about the, the list of nominees that we have right here? This feels really tight. Um, I mean, I think two, I think there's like three obvious quote-unquote ones based on public perception, based on money, based on just talk feels like tar everything everywhere all at once and top gun maverick kind of seem like those those you know the, the three that have separated themselves but then you have like avatar the way water that just hit two billion dollars all quite on the western front was really the banshees of anishirin were talked about a lot um elvis was very popular i think in the public maybe more than even critics it's like mm-hmm. you have and fablemans is a steven spielberg movie so like you know those three are leading but are, would we be surprised if one of those three didn't make it? You know, if someone else snuck in or something. You know what I mean? I don't know. So I think one of the important things for for us and for everybody to remember is that the academy is not necessarily a representative of the public. Because I think if we're yeah. if we're doing the public award, I think Top Gun Maverick would be best picture. I don't mm, think it's yeah. going to win here. Um, yeah. Right now, I'm sensing that everything, everywhere, all at once is the lead. Um, which I would not be upset with at all. If if that movie ended up winning, I, I would actually be very pleased. I think that would be one mm-hmm. of the times where the Academy really captured the moment correctly, but also awarded a movie that's going to last. I do think that movie is going to stay in the cultural consciousness. Uh, David, let me I, ask you, how often have you talked about the movie Coda since it won Best Picture last year? I actually forgot about it until this week. Um, it was brought up obviously because the academy and best and oscars are coming up but i completely forgot about it i've not seen it actually anywhere on streaming and i've not watched it since right right so i i don't think we're gonna have a repeat of that this year i feel like the movie that wins best picture is going to be one that people are going to reference frequently um david we're i don't want to do our best picture rankings right now um because obviously that we can save that for when it's closer to time um of of the ones that you've seen, I have seen seven of these um, ten. I think you have actually seen the same number as well, correct? You've seen seven of the ten. Yes, nominees. I just the watched only... everything everywhere today. So, David and I have not seen uh, together. We actually haven't seen the same three: The Fablemans, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. Uh, all of those I haven't seen, not because I didn't desire to see them, but because of theater availability. Because yeah, we can't. I, I just cut every every other movie with the exception of Banshees. I didn't see Banshees or Elvis in theater. I didn't see Elvis in theaters because I didn't want to, quite honestly. And I didn't see Banshees because also it was not offered. Mm-hmm. Uh, of the seven that you have right now, and now you just watched two very recently, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Tar, which 
you both saw within the last week. Yeah. What would your pick be? What would your number one be right now? What do I think will happen or what I want to happen? What do you want to happen? Dude. Once I kind of want Top Gun Maverick. <laughs> like hey. Tom Cruise, you know, and just like that just like woke every theater in America up and like blew the entire Absolutely. movie theater scene up. Like um but have it realistically that's probably not gonna win. I think everybody knows it probably won't win. Kate Blanchett just did so good in Tar. I love that you love Tar. I love that you love Tar. I, I actually already want to rewatch it. Um because actually I thought she was I thought Lydia Tar was a real person. And I feel like I'm more impressed now knowing that Kate Blanchett like kind of cr- like created this character. Like she wasn't just based off someone in real life. Like this is a, you know, organically made character and she just did very 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 good in this. Um Yeah, I think I think my pick's Tar. Just to be different because I think I know what what's what's your pick? What do you what do you want? Well, to you're not going to be different from me, Tar. I, oh, I- okay. I've been I thought you were going to do everything everywhere. Okay. Well, so everything everywhere, I think, would be the crowd-pleasing choice, actually, among people that care about the Oscars. Because mm. um, normally people that care about the Oscars are people that care about movies a little bit more. Quite, you know, sad for us because David and I didn't get into movies until probably the last half of, of the last 10 years of our life, essentially. Yeah. Um, but the Oscars used to matter a lot more in the cultural consciousness. Like people were having conversations about how Shakespeare and love beat out saving private Ryan for best picture. That's not going to happen anymore. Um, the slap was really the, the cultural epicenter of the Oscars last year. Um, but any of the actual award wins were not really discussed. And mm-hmm. I think it's the same. However, everything everywhere all at once, I think would be a great moment for the Academy if, if it were to win because it's recognizing an indie film that is not the typical Academy movie. I mean, this is a sci-fi uh, action comedy. You weren't lying, dude. Drama, family drama. Yeah. Like, you weren't lying. Everything. Like, horror, action, thriller. <laughs> it was just like It throws drama. everything at you. It throws everything at you like it's, like it's you know, seeds on a bagel. I mean, it, it, it's really what it's doing. Come on. <laughs> Um, but wait, I, I literally would, just got that reference. <laughs> yeah, congratulations. Watch the movie people. If you haven't, it's on showtime right now. Tar for me is just top to bottom, a masterpiece. It's a four and a half star rating. I plan on watching it, rewatching it this week. I would not be surprised if I put it as a five star and mm. had it in my top 50 of all time. It is that good. Um, it was just a singular experience for me when I saw it in theaters and I, and it's I'm on really Peacock. excited about it. And I, I, you, you can watch it without having to pay for it. So, yeah, people right. watch it. Watch, watch it. Watch, please go I, watch Tar. Question for you. Is there a chance, one, and what do you think has the best chance of like, the mainstream movies of winning Best Picture? And I'm going to count mainstream as Top Gun Maverick. All Quiet dropped on Netflix was trending as the best. Avatar. Elvis was kind of the same way. Dropped on HBO. Blew up. Of those four, do you think any of them have a chance at all? I think, unfortunately... I think Elvis would have the best mm. chance of those four to win, uh, which is the movie that of the ones that I've seen so far is by far my least favorite. And I would suspect after watching the other ones that are nominated that I have yet to, to watch um, would still be my least favorite, but uh, the Elvis thing is real. The Oscars love a good music biopic. They love a, a movie about a, you know, tortured performer um, who is, who is, you know, kind of burned by the industry that, 
Bohemian Rhapsody succeeded so much at the Oscars for a reason. A movie that mm. was very divisive, but had these huge, you know, audacious performances in the middle of it, which Elvis has. And I think the best parts of the movie are when Elvis is actually performing and almost everything else I don't like. I, I do think that it could win, especially with the 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 best actor um conversation with austin butler and how much campaigning is going to go into that movie quite honestly though i i don't know i just don't know if it's there um you know so we should talk real quick they do rank choice voting here um okay which means that it's not just taking into effect into effect who was put in number one position for awards it's one two three four they vote down the line however we've heard that Sometimes they don't even fully fill the ballots out because they don't want to rank people at the back half. But mm. if Elvis doesn't get a lot of one, number one votes, which I don't suspect it will, it yeah. could be a lot of two and threes for older Academy members who like this kind of music biopic. Mm. Um, so I wouldn't be shocked. I, I think underground, I, I, I think it's a two horse race right now, really, with maybe Tar um, in third position. I really think Banshees of Inisherin has a good shot. Mm. Um, yeah, there's a lot of but there's a lot of positive buzz about that movie. A lot of actors and a lot of industry people really like that film. Um, and Colin Farrell is, I think, right now the odds-on favorite to win Best Actor. Um, yeah. So I think that is really going to help. David, of these three movies that you haven't seen in the Best Picture race, which one are you most excited to watch? Uh, I think The Fablemans. Um, I like Steven Spielberg a lot, and I've I've heard very very good things about this, both from you know this critics that we follow and just people alike. It's it's rated over a four, um, which you know that initially movies maybe start high and kind of settle, but this is settled above a four, which is pretty impressive. And um, yeah, Paul Dano I've heard is, is very good, and Michelle Williams and Gabriel LaBelle. So I'm excited to see this, and I think maybe one reason I didn't choose the other two, I just don't know much about them. I, I hadn't heard of women talking until I saw it on the best picture ballot. And I just don't know much about triangle of sadness. Um, I'm interested and I want to watch it, but I just don't know anything about those two. So. Which I, I think you wouldn't be alone in that. Those movies um, are not ones that have big box office pushes. One of them triangle of sadness is a Norwegian film uh, directed okay. by Ruben Oslin. So it's not, it's not an American film, uh, but it did play in many theaters in America and women talking is, is a very, um, I don't want to say small story it, cause that sounds derogatory, but it, it, it's a, it's a very prescient story ab about the time that we're in it, it but it oh, is there's some good actors in this. It is essentially about, um, a group of women in colonial times, um, and who live in a small town who are constantly being assaulted and abused by the men. And they are, trying to decide what they should do about it. Um, and it's them talking. It's like, they just from, what I, from what I can tell, <laughs> no, it's not, a, <laughs> it's not an action revenge movie, but from what I can tell, the majority of it is dialogue, heavy scenes of them literally talking in a barn. Um, but it, it, it is an avenue for a lot of great performances, a lot of um, kind of important conversations in the culture. Mm -hmm. However, a movie like Women Talking, um, it, it has to be said that, that it is a movie that is taking a shot at the film industry as a whole um, in that this movie is about how abuse is covered up 
um, and then confronted. I, I haven't seen it, but I've read reviews on it. That is what it's about. Hmm. That is that is a unfortunately very big part of the film industry. I mean, another movie that w- many people, at, when it came out, considered it, it could be on this list, as she said, which is about Harvey Weinstein. Um, mm. But this is a movie about you know something that's very difficult. Now, I think the Academy was right to recognize it. I just don't know, and quite honestly, I haven't seen it, so I don't know if it stacks up well against some of these other movies. Um, but but I do know that that I think it given the nature of the film, it's, it's a little bit harder for that to win best picture over some of the others. Do you, I don't know how I want to word this. Um, and I, I do want to see this. I'm excited to see this. Um, do you feel like the Academy sometimes like every year throws in a movie like this, that maybe touches on um, something like this or social injustice or this or that you think they intentionally put a movie like that in every year or do you think they genuinely choose like I, I you know what I, I mean think I think it's natural I think many of these movies are good mm-hmm. um that get put in for for this reason I mean um I guess I guess I would have to look I'm trying to go back to the best picture list from last year to maybe see if one of them would kind of fit in the same the same sort of category that you're you're talking about uh there is a there is an element that cannot be ignored a pat on the back element that is, look, uh, we want everybody, the Academy wants people to know that they know what's important and their mm. politics are correct. Um, I don't really know if there was one from last year. Uh, I, you could maybe, no, I, I really don't think there's one from last year. Um, but you could say that's why a movie like Green Book won, right? Because mm. it's the Academy voters wanting to say, we recognize this is important. Um, even though Green Book is actually kind of backwards in terms of its its racial message, um, and I haven't and seen it, one so, that, yeah. that is reviled by many people because they say it is it, it is instantly dated with the way that it handles racial relations in America mm. and is oversimplified. But I think that is an element that you could say the Academy does. I don't think that's what's happening with women talking. Quite honestly, like you have already mentioned, if you look at the names attached to this, this <laughs> is a movie that. You know, if it, it if it achieved what it set out to do, it was going to get nominated. I mean, Frances yeah. McNormand is yeah, you, a, I saw her name. I was like, okay. Is yeah. it a immense <laughs> figure in the Academy? Um, I think she what she's won three awards now, three Academy Awards for Best Actress. Um and it is a person that is going to be recognized whenever she's lobbying for a film. She's a producer for women talking as well as uh having a role in it. Um, so I think that's why the film got nominated. And honestly, the reviews have been good. It's a it's a movie that hasn't been seen by many people, but it's a movie that's getting great reviews. So um Do we know when it might be released to something? Um I, I they said it should be hitting VOD soon. Okay. They've made more of a concerted effort these last couple of years to put the best picture nominees on streaming services to get them in front of people's eyes. That's why last year uh Drive My Car was on HBO Max shortly before King Richard also appeared on HBO Max yeah. before the Oscars. Um, they're, they're, I think they're going to do that. So there is going to be an avenue for people to watch if they didn't catch it in theaters. It's still playing in theaters in some locations, but if you live, mm. if you don't live in a bigger city, a larger market, you're probably not going not to have a chance to see it. Yeah. And if I, you're in Maryville, Missouri, you, yeah, you will not, you will not be able to see this movie in theaters. I've already Sorry. seen all the movies in theaters, except for plane. I have, I'm never going to spend money on to watch plane direct. You yeah. Know. You, 
you don't have leading to, Gerard Butler. Yeah. Plain not on the short list for best picture for the Mm-mm. next year's Oscars, Mm-mm. I would say. Um pretty pretty actually pretty easily disqualified. <laughs> David, let's talk about let's talk quickly about actor and actress categories okay. before we get into um kind of the snubs part of this, which I want to have a conversation about. Actor. The the nominees are Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inisherin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, a movie that is not getting great reviews, but his performance is getting great reviews. Paul hmm. Mescal for After Sun. What I'm told is the most depressing movie that was released this year, but Mescal wow. is is great. And and Bill and Nighy for Living. Um, Tom Cruise obviously not on this list. It was an outside shot that he was going to appear. Messed um, up. Uh, of of what's going on right now, Colin Farrell, I would say, is in the lead. I can't really talk about what I would want or what, who I would pick, as I have not seen three of the performances that are in um, this category. Yeah, I, I just haven't. So um, I, I don't know. I, there's a lot of sentiment around Brendan Fraser. You know, this is his comeback. He's a beloved figure, uh, mm. especially to our generation um, and people slightly older than us because of how iconic he was in the late nineties, early two thousands appearing in, you know, some very crowd pleasing roles, the mommy chief among them. Um, Colin Farrell is brilliant in the Banshees. Um, yeah, he is. So I, I, I wouldn't be I surprised know. if Austin Butler took this. I wouldn't dude, either. Dude balled out. Like I, I was impressed with his performance and the, you know, at the end of biopics, they always show like the side by side looks it, Sounds and I looks identical like Elvis. Actually, they kind of did like the flashing back and forth, didn't they? I found his final performance. It was like Austin Butler doing it. The next shot was actually Elvis. And believe it or not, there were a couple scenes. I was like, oh, wait, that's actually Elvis. That's not Austin Butler anymore. So like I was I was very impressed with his performance. And I I think there's a lot of buzz around him, too. So I really wouldn't be surprised if he won that um, Oscar for that. It needs to be said um, that the Oscars reward performances of real people. Mm. They just do. Uh, you know, the last winner, Will Smith for, for Richard Williams, but Rami Malek for Freddie Mercury, Gary Oldman for Winston Churchill, Leonardo DiCaprio was a real man, Hugh Glass, Eddie Redmayne for Stephen Hawking. I, I mean, even mm. if you're just taking the ones who were popular, culturally popular, you have uh, since 2012, Daniel Day-Lewis for Abraham Lincoln, Eddie Redmayne for, for Stephen Hawking, Gary Oldman for Winston Churchill, Rami Malek for Freddie Mercury. Okay, those are those are celebrities, you know, famous, huge pop culture figures that were portrayed yeah. by actors that won awards. It there is a history of the Academy siding with a performance of a real person rather than a conceived character mm. um, in these acting awards. So I would not in any way be shocked, even when the movie's that not that good, because quite What's honestly. More to- Bohemian Rhapsody, meh, it, meh at best. And the darkest I never hour, saw it. Uh, which is the Gary Oldman pick, is not not a lot of conversation about that. Beat out Daniel Kaluuya and Daniel Day Lewis. Hmm. So, um, what's what's harder in your opinion, Austin Butler to portray a real character or like Colin Farrell to portray a, a fictional character? What do you think is harder to do? as a person who has never really acted, except I actually have portrayed Elvis um, before and uh, the Your bathroom years, doesn't count the no fifth grade um, oh, and lead in the musical Elvis. So I did Ooh. wear an Elvis costume and a wig and sang Elvis theme 
um, Christmas songs. That's My big. mother has the footage, hopefully buried deep in a dark room somewhere that will never be shown the light of day. Um, I would honestly look. I think it's hard to portray a real person because if you do it wrong, then people are going to say, "Well, we actually have footage of that guy." That's true. However, I want to say it's a little bit easier in terms of getting recognized for being good at it. So, like, we already have an image of Elvis. And if Austin Butler matches that image that we have of him, we're going to say, that's great. We don't have an image for the character that Colin Farrell is portraying in Banshees. Mm. So there's, it's not it like, in a way, there's no comparison for us. So it, it's harder, I think, for us to recognize greatness in that aspect when we can see, look, look, we have evidence that this guy is exactly like the person he's portraying. And that's why he deserves it. Mm. And you can't point to that. With, That's true. with other people, unless yeah. they're portraying a role that has already been portrayed previously, like we do with superheroes, right? Like you can mm -hmm. compare Batman to other Batman. Um, and, or, but you really can't, you can't do that as much with other characters. Yeah. Okay. So the, the best actor, I, it, it's kind of free of controversy, quite honestly. Not so in best actress. Best actress in the leading role. The nominees, Kate Blanchett for Tar, Ana de Armas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie, Michelle Williams for The Fablemans, and Michelle Yeoh for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. The two front runners in this category are Blanchett and Yeoh. Um, but let's talk about two of the other ones. Michelle Williams got in for The Fablemans. Some people have said that she should have been supporting in that, in that movie because her role is not really as prominent as, as lead actress roles typically are. To, to that, I would say, one, I haven't seen the film, and two, I'm pretty sure Judy Dench was recognized in Best Actress for seven minutes of screen time in a movie once. Um, so Did she it win might it? Not be, it might not be seven. Um, yeah, she won. Uh, oh, wow. I, I'm Pop looking it up Judy. right now. Um, it, it was in Shakespeare in Love. I, I don't... Oh, eight minutes. So... There you go. Yeah. Uh, you could, it's possible. You can do that. Yeah. Um, oh, she was best supporting. Maybe I got that wrong. Anyway, I, I don't Still know. Still though, eight minutes, that's insane. Eight minutes is nuts. Uh, but the two we need to talk about are Andrea Diarmas and Andrea Riseborough. Andrea Riseborough is in a film called Two Leslie. David, I guarantee you have never heard of this film. You know why? Because nobody has seen it. What is Around that? Around 500 people have seen this movie in theaters. Like it, it I, didn't I it just come out? Uh, yes, it came out in. It came out at the right at the end of 2022. Um, it is. It has not been seen by many people, and its box office made twenty seven thousand dollars. And it was released in like I think in one theater in New York. Uh, that's so weird. I mean, I guess like this, these critics and the Academy see it like at pre-screenings and at, at festivals. So you don't, still, you don't know about the controversy with this nomination. So I'm going to break oh, it down I have, for you. No, I have no clue. So Edward Norton, right like 10 days before uh, votes were due for nominations, Edward Norton tweets about how Andrea Riseborough in Two Leslie is one of the most stunning performances I've ever seen in my life. Definitely needs to be nominated. A movie that everybody goes, huh, who, what? And then a wave of actors started tweeting about it and hosting private screenings, which they do from time to time. But this is a movie that went from having no buzz just over a week before nominations were due to having 
she was the most mentioned actress. Hmm. And the Oscars so, are investigating whether this was lobbying versus campaigning. So lobbying is essentially when they it there is an agreement with talent managers to pay or give some form of compensation for actors and others in the industry to talk about a role. That seems to be what happened with Andrea Riseborough. Is she going to be punished? Likely not. Is she going to win? No. She's not going to win Best Actress. However, her nomination means quite a few people got snubbed, chiefly Viola Davis um, for The Woman King. And I just watched The Woman King. Viola Davis was great in it. She, I, in my opinion, should have been nominated it, it it's not good for the Oscars um, first because you're you're snubbing you're you're snubbing a one very good and actress who's likely been unrecognized uh, and two you're doing it with peak art house this is a movie nobody's ever seen the other mm. person who was just on the short list to get nominated that did not was Daniel Deadweiler for Till. I'm just going to say, and I'm not saying that the Oscars voters are racist. I'm not saying that all the Oscars voters are racist. There's a lot of older people in that academy, and I would not be surprised that many of them are racist. But the fact that the two best performances by black women this past year were not recognized in a extremely little scene performance by Andrea Riceboro was, is not good. It does mm. not look good. The Woman King was a hit, a certified hit, until is a movie about one of the most important moments that kickstarted the civil rights movement with the murder of Emmett Till. Yeah, I was trying to find that movie. What, like, said, it's just until? It's just Till, T-I-L-L. Oh, Till. Like okay. his last name. Um, Got you. So it, it just looks bad for them, quite honestly. Um, and the fact that not one of them got nominated um, – it, it, it it's not good. It, it, quite frankly, it is not good, especially in a movie that has made $27,000 yeah. at the box office and very few people have seen prior to nominations being released. Also... Yeah, I don't know all that tea. That's crazy. The other one, Ana de Armas and Blonde. Now, I have refused to watch Blonde. I probably will watch Blonde just because I am a completionist and want to see every movie that is nominated. Blonde is a very complicated biopic about Marilyn Monroe that has almost no truth to it that we can tell. It is a complete artistic liberty. Um, the director, Andrew Dominic, has talking has has talking has spoke very negatively <laughs> about Marilyn Monroe in public, very misogynistically, I would add. Um, and it's a movie that did not get well reviewed at all when it hit Netflix. But it is Anna Diarmas portraying a pop culture icon. So it got nominated. Um, that's the other one that feels like a weak link. However, you could you can say all that, all that is to say Kate Blanchett and Michelle Yeoh are the leads right now. I feel like it won't be close. I think it's going to be one the, or the other. Are the front runners, and I, nobody else in the pack is competing. David, you just saw both of these movies within the last week. If you had to pick a performance right now, Kate Blanchett or Michelle Yeoh, which one are you picking? I might lead Michelle, Michelle Yeoh. Really? I, I I don't think there's a wrong answer here. I think it's Blanchett. 
for me personally. Yeah. But yo, I don't know. Was, I feel like the only reason of like this, she has not been in a leading role in a long time. Um, you know, she's not been in the public eye as much. She's a minority. Like, there's just a lot of things of like. She hasn't you know, been recognized for how good of an actress she is by the account. Yeah. Whereas Blanchett like, has. She's okay. Oh, yeah. For years has gotten the well-deserved praise and the awards. And it's like, I wouldn't be surprised if the if Academy member like, okay, if they're both equally good, why would I tilt one of the way or the other? And, you know, you might tilt Michelle's way just because of like well-deserved praise and she's hasn't gotten this, you know, praise before. So I don't know. Yeah. If Blanchett has already won two, right? So when she wins, th- if she wins a third, it'll put her in rarefied air mm-hmm. um, up there with the likes of Frances McDormand, Meryl Streep, Catherine Hepburn, um, in terms of just sheer amount of wins for an actress. Michelle yeah. Yeoh is a person who has been working in and around Hollywood for a long time, is a beloved figure for many people, is a fantastic actress who has quite frankly not received the praise that she has deserved. Um, and she's mentioned that on her campaign and others have as well that, you know, a person that looks like her is often not recognized for the work that she does. Um, and I would have no fault in it. I think she is the linchpin of, um, that movie that relies on a lot of complicated things to have him. But if you don't have Michelle Yeoh anchoring it, um, with her performance in the middle, there's not much you can do. That movie is a mess without her. Um, yeah. And she brings it all together, and and again, that's the front runner for best picture. So I would agree. That movie was just insane, man. That I think, I think she, you know, I I really do think that if this was any other year, I would say Michelle in a landslide, yeah, no question. The fact that it's Kate Blanchett and Tar, also Blanchett has hinted in press, recent press, um, that she may be retiring from acting after this role. Hmm. Which, first of all, no. You're not allowed to do that. Don't you dare do that to me. And second of all, I don't know if she's just saying that to help her campaign. She actually said it too late because the votes are already in. But, you know, going out on top like that would certainly certainly be a moment. I wonder if she would reconsider and say, I'm I'm not retiring the fact that I didn't win. But, Mm -hmm. again, I think this is a two-horse race. Um, Yeah. Like, I, I don't really think there's... There's anything. There's anything. She's been else. in a lot of movies, but yeah. Oh, I'm excited. I think I'm. I think this is my second. Like, I think I'm more excited for this announcement rather than the the actor leading role yeah, announcement. Yeah, I, w- I would. Just because of you. those two performances that were so so good. So, the supporting ones. Um, I'll just go over them pretty quickly. Brendan Gleeson for the Banshees of Inisherin, Brian Tyree Henry for Causeway, Judd Hirsch for the Fablemans, Barry Kerrigan for the Banshees of Inisherin, and King Hui Kwan for Everything Everywhere All at Once. This is Kiwe Kwan's to lose at this point. He's a clear mm-hmm. front runner. Um, um, I think he deserves it. I enjoyed Tyree Henry and Causeway. I thought both Gleeson and Kerrigan were really good in the Banshees. Uh, in the supporting nominations, there are, you know, there's there's quite a lot of of double ups. Well, I guess I shouldn't say quite a lot. There's two double ups, two Banshees and Minishir nominations, and in supporting actress, there are two Everything Everywhere All at Once nominations. Um, so, you know, if one of those wins, they're they're going to have to beat the other person out. I think that mm. 
Um, both Keoghan and Gleason, while they gave great performance, I would give the nod to Barry in that sense. I just think Kihue Kwan is going to win there. You think that hurts if it's in the same movie? You think that splits votes, or do you think that doesn't really affect much? I think it, I think it probably tends to split votes more than than you would between two other performances you like because mm-hmm. you're probably not going to like like we talked about in rank choice voting. You're probably not going to pick, you know. Kyogen one, Gleason two. You're probably gonna put Kyogen one and then somebody else two, and maybe Gleason three or four if they're in the mm-hmm. same movie. You probably wouldn't double up on the same movie. But okay. yeah, that, that that may just be human nature, or maybe how I would I would do it. Uh, actress in a supporting role: Angela Bassett, Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, Hong Chao, The Whale. Hong Chao got nominated for the wrong movie here. I think. Um, she's amazing in the menu. She is the second in command. Um, to Ray Fine's character in the menu, um, and is so fun. I think the funniest huh. line in a movie all year was when the finance bros were asking her what the tortillas with all their like leaked information were on there, and she goes, "These are tortillas." He's like, "I know they're tortillas, but what is this? That is a tortilla." Uh, she was hilarious. That's so that funny. Film. Yeah, fantastic. She was great. Yeah, uh, Carrie Condon, the Banshees of Inisherin plays uh, Colin's Fer- Colin Farrell's sister in that film. Jamie Lee Curtis for Everything Everywhere All at Once, and then Stephanie Hitsu for Everything Everywhere All at Once. I think Stephanie is probably the one I would pick out of this group. I kind of um, hope Angela Bissett. I kind of hope Angela Bissett gets it. Like it's a it's a superhero movie, so she probably won't. That'd be kind of cool. You know what I mean? She she was great. I'm I'm very glad that she got an acting nom in this. Um, I think she deserved it out of anybody I've seen. Um, in a in a superhero movie this year, I you think, think it broke the, the ice. Performance. I feel like there's this whole like mantra of like it's a superhero movie, it can't be nominated. Do you think this kind of helped? Yeah, it's the first Marvel movie to ever you know get actor, get an actor or nomination. actress. You know, you think that helps Marvel movies going forward with her kind of breaking the ice there? Um, I think it does. I also think that Angela Bassett is a rec- recognizable figure. And yeah. A, you know, great actress outside of it. I think it would have to be another person who is long time been kind of this prestige, um, kind of popular movie actor. I, mm. For example, I don't think it would be like Elizabeth Olsen where your primary relationship to the actor or actress is the Marvel role. I think it would Got have you. to be a person who had already established themselves beforehand and then took a Marvel role. So you're saying is- Robert Downey Jr. got screwed I, I quite honestly, yeah, I, I really do genuinely believe he should have been nominated at least once for his performance as Iron Man. Um, yeah. And I'm saying that as a person who thinks that superhero movies, people that like superhero movies complain too much about them not getting enough attention. They get plenty of attention, but mm-hmm. I do think he should have been recognized for that. Um, Nathan, is there is there anything else kind of worth talking about? I guess maybe maybe score. I don't know, like what kind of falls next. You know what I mean? So I... I don't want to go over all of them. We can go in more in depth with some of them as we get closer, closer to the actual um, day itself. What, what a couple of things that I did want to talk about is visual effects um, and the aforementioned score and the writing nominations. Visual effects, all quiet on the Western Front. Avatar: The Way of Water. The Batman, one of the only mm. nominations that movie received. Black Panther: Wakanda Forever and Top Gun: Maverick. Not sure how Black Panther Wakanda Forever made it. I don't know if we were watching the same movie, um, but I hey man, did maybe not, you're just wrong about the movie. Didn't really enjoy the visual <laughs> effects in that film. Um, 
this is the way of waters. I, I yeah, I, I don't see how you can make an argument for any of the others over the way of water. Um, just I'd be that surprised. Movie is, the movie is it's, visually stunning. Yeah, um, I mean, so, I, I said this in my reviews. Like one of the most visually stunning movies I've seen. It's definitely up there. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, writing there is broken up into two two separate categories: adapted screenplay and original screenplay. Adapted screenplay. We have All Quiet on the Western Front, which is a famous German novel, um, and then also a previous, two previous movies, one of which won Best Picture. Um, it's important to note. Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. I'm assuming this is considered adapted because it is based on the screenplay from the first one. I think that's how they're they're counting this. I, adapted yeah, is very loose. It doesn't have to be like a straight book adaptation. It, it can also be from a previous sequel. Uh, Living, which has another nomination, Bill Nye as Best Actor, um, Top Gun Maverick, and Women Talking. Uh, Women Talking is also a book screenplay by Sarah Pauly. Uh, original screenplay, Banshees, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Fablemans, Tar, and Triangle of Sadness. Mm. I think that's a I think that's a prime target for Banshee right there. I think that the screenplay is a really strong part of that movie. Um, really what mo- the majority of the movie rests on. I think a movie like Everything Everywhere All at Once, even if you consider it to be better, is a lot on action and visuals. Um, it doesn't yeah. rely as heavily on the screenplay, so I think that's, a, that's, that's a good an point. area. Um, and then let's the last one that I want to talk about, and this is maybe not even that important, but one that I want to talk about just because David and I are big fans of this in particular, Best Score. All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, Volker Bertelman, Babylon, getting its only nomination here, Justin Hurwitz, The Banshees of Inishirin, Carter Burwell, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Sun Lu, and The Fablemans, John Williams. So John huh. Williams gets another nomination. I haven't seen The Fablemans, so I don't know what that's like. I would say the two in my mind right now of movies in which the score stood out the most are definitely All Quiet on the Western Front and Babylon. I think even if you didn't like Babylon, which I know you did not like it mm. near as much as I did, David, the score of that film was amazing. Yeah. Um, and All Quiet on the Western Front, I think a lot of the success of that movie hinges upon that, you know, that kind of percussive, so good. almost electronic-infused score. Yeah. Um, so I think those are the two front runners. Really I'm assuming good, yeah. you would take All Quiet on the Western Front. I would probably take Babylon. Uh, that's going to be interesting to watch. Very close. I uh, I think I don't know if it's if if John Williams wins this or with this nomination. I think he becomes the most nominated person of all time. Or maybe if he wins this, he would then he would take the lead of has the most Oscar wins of any person. Um, um, he is the most nominated of all time. Uh, the okay. most wins, I think John Williams is actually not even close in that. There was a composer in the early Hollywood days who has, I think, 11 Oscar wins. Oh, wow. Um, and he's by far the lead. I, and I got I to gotta look at this. Well, Walt Disney has 22, but... That's right. I knew I could not think of it, but yeah. Um, I think it's John... Oh, John Ford is most directing. Sorry, this is taking me forever. Because Google is not giving me what I want. Um, yeah, I think based on Google, Walt Disney holds the most Oscars, 26. This oh, is a dumb Alfred, question. Alfred Newman. 
Alfred Newman has nine wins. He's the most. Um, okay. Well, I was going to say, I got to look Williams, up Walt Disney. What did he... I mean, he, it was for best. It was for best animated stuff. He was credited. Oh, that's okay. That makes because sense. with directors and sometimes producers, depending, they count that as um, individual as individual wins, even if they win like best picture. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's counted towards okay. that. The currently the person that is most nominated right now for individual awards that has yet to win one. Can you can you make a guess? It is a director and writer. Writer director is what he's been nominated as. Most nominated, and he hasn't won one. Without a, most even... nominations, without a win. Spielberg's this, won one. Spielberg's won. Yeah, Spielberg is. Okay, won. I was wondering, Mike, did he ever win one? Um, I'm just trying to flip through Tarantino. No, uh, Tarantino actually won best screenplay for Pulp Fiction, I believe. The answer is Paul Thomas Anderson. What? Okay. Yeah, has wow. not won. Has, has been often nominated for his writing and directing, uh, which is sad to me that he hasn't hmm. won. But he's reportedly making a film right now, so just be better. I mean, I don't know what there, what there is to complain about. You know what I mean? I'm kidding. I'm looking I at the movie C's I, done, so you, you know I, I'm. Kidding. I wish you could all see the look on my face right now <laughs> um, that I'm giving David, which is just uh, it's absolutely cutting. Um, all right. Let's talk about the fun stuff. And by the fun stuff, I mean the stuff to get mad about. Snubs. <laughs> David, what movies are you most mad weren't nominated for Best Picture? Dog, explain to me on this beautiful earth that the Lord has created <laughs> that a very, very popular and well-received movie such as The Gray Man didn't win it. Th- no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, I was actually just stalling so I could get to my list to look. Okay, honestly, I nope. Yeah, was that nope. Was that worthy of? I feel like of I, something, I, right? I don't understand how nope got nothing. There's not a single nomination for nope. It is this year's The French Dispatch, except I think it's better than The French Dispatch. I, I, I think I don't my only other, it. my only other. I don't want to move on to nope. We can come back to that. The menu. I'm surprised that nothing with the menu got nominated. Actor-wise, I don't know. I just thought it was so unique, and I thought Anya Taylor-Joy and Ray Fiennes did such a good job. I, I thought maybe they'd get a nom. But again, the, the women this year are powerhouses, so maybe that makes sense. But those are two movies I'm like, nothing. Really? At so all? let's talk about Nope first. Yeah. Is this Is this like a... I don't want. To, I don't know if this is necessarily true, but is this a people are expecting too much out of Jordan Peele thing that like they played the expectation game? This movie wasn't exactly what they wanted, so they're like, it's not good because that's that's nuts. I mean, I I just don't know how Nope didn't get anything. Um, Did it come out too early? Maybe like that's kind of the Batman issue. <sighs> yes, that is the issue with the Batman. If the Batman it comes out in October. I think it is nominated for Best Picture, probably Best Score as well. Um, nope came out July twenty second. I, I don't because it didn't like yeah that, it didn't that it didn't come out super early I, I I genuinely just think that people just forgot about it and maybe it's that things yeah. were too stacked this year they just want to do something else I, I really don't I think it should have been peel and directing um, which I guess is probably the most mm. important category that we didn't talk about that I'm gonna list off real quick so I can say we talked about it oh how do we directing, forget about that 
Mark McDonough, Banshees of Inishirin, the Daniels, Daniel Kwan, Daniel Shiner for everything, everywhere, all at once. Steven Spielberg for Tar or for Fablemans, Todd Field for Tar, and Ruben Oslin for Triangle of Sadness. I think Jordan Peele could have been a nominee there, um, but that list is pretty stacked. I, the, mm-hmm. it, it could be just this was a perfect storm, and that Nope just ran up into something in every category. Um, yeah, I mean, I forgot about it, but it's also not my job to nominate for the Academy. Do you know what I mean? So like. Maybe I, other people did like, too. But cinematography, just, even like, I, yeah. I don't know. I really think that's interesting. Nope, could have and should have been nominated. The menu, I think that is absolutely case if it came out too late because the menu has been the most logged movie on Letterboxd for like the past month, mm-hmm. um, and is but a movie that a lot late. of people have seen and a lot of people have liked. But it 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 didn't. It had a little bit of a theater thing, but it didn't. It wasn't really until it hit HBO Max that it came to life, and I think it came to life too late for it to matter. I think Got that you. if it happened okay. a little bit before, it'd probably eke out one or two nominations. The Woman King getting shut out was was pretty baffling to me. Uh, of Best Picture, after having seen it, I, I really think that movie um, was a crowd pleaser. Was the kind of movie that the that gets nominated by the Academy. Um, it was just. It was just really well made. Um, some some great action sequences, uh, good performances in that. So I was I, a little shocked at that. I haven't I haven't seen this. Um, I don't even think it's really available. You probably saw this in theaters, didn't you? No, um, my parents decided to rent it when I was home this oh, past cool. weekend. Just um, watch it. It's the Academy, so this just may not be the case. Do you think? Did this not get as much attention or from the Academy maybe just because of kind of the, I don't know if it's controversy of like. There is a little bit of controversy surrounding not this movie. Of right. like what happened in real life. You think they snubbed it? Or I, I know, it, but the Academy, that's I guess, never, hasn't really. That's never been a problem for them in the past. Though. That's true. So I, don't, I don't really understand why it happened this time. I think, again, we have to recognize that a lot of this is about campaigning and about what studios well, decide to do yeah. to push for this movie, which movies they decide to kind of try to get to the forefront of Oscar voters' minds so they can get nominations. It's possible The Woman King just didn't do that. And lastly, Babylon. Babylon's going to go down as one of the largest mm. flops um, ever created. It was a movie that was a lot of people called Oscar bait, but I don't think those people actually watched the movie. If you watch that movie, it is not Oscar bait. Um, it's actually very critical of Hollywood, which may yeah. be part of the reason why it didn't um, get a win. I, I, I'm going to look back. That's going to be one of my favorite movies of this year. Yeah, I feel like um, he went out on a, a limb and did some things that maybe normal directors wouldn't do. I don't think he was trying. I feel like which is opposite of baiting. You know what I mean? Like he took and, a chance on a lot of things. And quite frankly, uh, it 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 went after Hollywood a little bit, um, and it just. You think that's why? I don't know if that's the only reason why, but Chazelle is a person who has been recognized for every single movie that he has made: um, mm-hmm. Whiplash, La La Land, and First Man. Have have all been recognized pretty, by the Academy, so pretty good. It's, maybe yeah. it's time. Maybe there's a little fatigue there. There's a lot of other strong contenders. Also, you know, there, I'm sure there is that this movie was a bomb factor playing into it, right? It, it is, it is going to be a humongous loss for the studio um, because it it it's made less money. Like, I, I think it's made. I think its total box office was like five million dollars or something. Uh, and its budget was over a hundred million. Uh-huh. So, it, uh, let's see. Budget seventy-eight million, and opening weekend it made three point six million. 
worldwide yeah. gross forty one. So it's just over half of Which what it, they spent. Oftentimes, production budget it does not take into account the um, revenue, the ad uh, budget as well. So oh, this movie yeah. likely had a hundred and fifty million dollar price tag attached to it, and it made forty. Um, I think two things hurt this movie. One, it came out on Christmas Day. Two, um, it's, I think, it's, especially it, around Christmas, if it's not a family movie. It's three hours and not at all family friendly. No. And no, it's not. Avatar came out the same time. You ran into Avatar That's the way right. of water. That's true. Which is a buzzsaw, an absolute buzzsaw. I watched Babylon and I enjoyed it. But I didn't make it a priority to watch either. I, I definitely was prioritizing seeing Avatar before that. I watched Babylon whenever I could go and watch it for a discount, you know. And I suspect yeah. that the people that wanted to wanted to, but it wasn't. Well, yeah, it was I also watched getting it in mixed Omaha. reviews. Yeah, I watched it in Omaha, and we were the only, like it was a it was one of the bigger theaters in Omaha, really nice theater. Sophie and I were the only people in the entire theater. There was yeah. not a single person in the other seats. I was like, I was like, wait a second, <laughs> what what's going on, you know? Yeah, you know, it just I, I'm disappointed, but not surprised. Um, it was so nominated I, for three Oscars: best pro- achievement in production design, music written for motion pictures, and then achievement in costume design. Where do you think it should have been nominated elsewhere? Um, I, honestly, I, I would like a best picture nomination. Okay, um, and maybe even a cinematography one. Although cinematography is pretty slapped, slap stacked. Um, so I, I'm not surprised it didn't get in in cinematography, but I, I, I would have liked it there as well. I think those were yeah. the movie's strengths. The movie's well, strengths were the, score the and cinematography. We can get into this a little bit, but I, are you surprised they moved the Oscar noms for Best Picture up to 10 movies? I feel like that's like, you know how it's like you, you extend the playoffs to a seven seed and now kind of worse teams are getting on and it kind of makes some games really bad. Like, is that kind of what they did here of like, did we need to extend the list? You know what I mean? So the extension um, to 10 is a direct reaction to the Dark Knight not getting nominated for Best Picture. Really? It was not nominated at the 2009 Oscars. Um, and that was kind of seen as the the signal that the Oscars were no longer in touch with the cultural consciousness, right? The Dark Knight was a billion-dollar movie. Heath Ledger was obviously nominated for his performance and ended up winning in Best Supporting Actor. Um, it's it's a film that, you know, is one of the most beloved of the past 25 years and is at a lot of people's top of their all-time list. And it did not get recognized for Best Picture. And a lot of people saw that as a signal that, look, the Academy is outdated. And so in response, the Academy has decided to nominate, to expand the nominations to get 10. Mainly, it seemed with the goal of, let's get the more popular movies in. So there's so we can draw on audiences because quite frankly the movies that are you know some of them that are late editions are not going to get it Nightmare Alley yeah. last year for example and they don't always reach ten sometimes there's only nine movies nominated because there is a threshold for votes um, okay. that a movie has to get before it can be nominated as best picture so the 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 threshold um, is not always reached there for example in 2019 the 2020 Oscars. Uh, for 2019, there were not um, 10 nominees. There were only nine. But 
yes, movies like Babylon would not have had a shot at winning, but they kind of sneak in at the end. That's Got quite you. honestly, that's why the av- that's why Avatar: The Way of Water is in, right? Like that's mm. that's the movie is not going to win Best Picture. I quite frankly don't know how Cameron's not nominated for Best Director though. If you're really recognizing Avatar as the achievement that it is and the work of art that it is. There is a sense, though, that with Avatar, it's like we're going to wait for the last one, right? They did this with Lord of yeah. the Rings where they didn't give any of the wins until the last film. They do this a lot with with series. So it's possible that they do that as well. Um, Which is weird. They did they that to a lot of actors and a lot of series, I feel like. Well, we'll wait to see what else he does, and then we'll we'll give him like a pity one at the end. That just happened. Yeah. Well, kind of Will Smith and a couple other people of like it's Will you Smith. Know. That's that is the story of a lot of actors winning yeah. for not their best role, but it it the it's time Oscar happens frequently. The most one of the most famous examples is Al Pacino for Sin of a Woman. Al Pacino that's, had been making okay. movies, great movies for 30, 40 years at that point. Um, and it was not his not his best performance. Uh, it was 30 years, but it was not his best performance. I don't even think by a long shot, but it, it was the it's time Oscar. That happens a lot, unfortunately. You know, mm. and it, again, they're judging art. It's hard. Yeah. You know, all art is subjective. Um, it, it, it's really hard because, again, you can't just compare stats and rank people or movies that way. Um, but to what I would say is, is the Oscars don't always get it right, but it's not the Grammys, right? Like when's the last time mm-hmm. you gave a crap about someone winning a Grammy for something? Yeah. Uh, so the Oscars at least matter a little bit more than, than the Grammys do. So. And we've kind of talked about that. Of like, we, why do we, you know, get so frustrated about the Oscars, but then we talk about why we should care about them. You know what I mean? But last year wasn't what numbers were up, right? Then they took a big jump up back from the pandemic and stuff like that. Or did, yeah, it, it, was a, it, it was a it was an increase, especially because of the slap. Um, I expect the number. The, there's look, there's going to be a lot of stories about people don't care about the Oscars and not getting as high ratings anymore, and the, it and whatever the people that care about it care about it now, and I yeah. think that's what they had to focus on. I mean, they can try to draw you know popular audiences in and say, look, we really want you to pay attention to this, but what they're honestly going to have the most success success with is we already got film fans in. Let's try to make them entertain, which is why they need to change the way that they host. Because last year the hosts were a mess, and uh, the skits were not funny, um, and it seemed like they didn't know a whole lot about the movies they were talking yeah. about. Um, Thank you, Will Smith. You know that. So yeah, quite. A, and this year, I'm sure we're going to get 800 jokes about the slap, and then after the Oscars, we're going to get articles about how the Oscars were down again. What What does this mean for you know? <laughs> movies mm-hmm. just it's the internet movies just yeah. aren't as important in popular culture anymore and yeah you know it's it's harder for films to to really reach the cultural consciousness in the same way but some of them still do you still have top gun maverick you still have avatar the way of water you still have a movie like everything everywhere all at once you know they, they still exist it's, it's just less i do think that this year is going to be a lot better in terms of what has been nominated right we've already mm-hmm. talked about it Coda and The Power of the Dog were the two front runners last year. Those are not movies anybody's having a conversation about right now. I, I mean, really, I, I doubt people are rewatching those even, um, even though both of them were streaming, technically streaming service movies. So they're both mm-hmm. always available to people. 
this year, I don't think that's true. I, I, I really think that the front runners are going to be movies that are going to be talked about for a little while. Um, and, and I just think we have a better crop of movies for best picture. So I'm excited. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like, like this year, finally movies are back uh, and we're back to like a hundred percent. Yeah. So it's nice. The, uh, yeah, 95th Academy Awards. So this will be happening March 12th uh, at 7 p.m. So we got some time. We'll probably kind of, what Nathan mentioned earlier, dive in a little more, maybe do some rankings, um, stuff like that. So, yeah, going to be excited. Anything else we want to cover here before I close this out? No, I, I think we're all good. Um, I would just say that, you know, it, if you have any interest in this, just try to watch all the movies. Um, try to see what people are talking about. It, it's just way more fun. If you're going to watch the Oscars, it's way more fun to have seen pretty much everything. Yeah. Um, so then you can actually feel invested in in the awards race. Whereas, oh, I, I saw Top Gun Maverick, so I'm going to tune in for Best Picture. I don't think that's necessarily wrong. But if you have the opportunity to watch like, you know, five or six of the movies nominated for Best Picture, I, I would I would highly suggest you you try that, especially now that we've we've kind of hit a lull in theater releases, right? There's yeah. going to be Ant Man in February, but this is not the time of year when you know most of the great films are released. Quite honestly, they just normally dump their the movies they think are going to get poor reception in January and February. So you you mm-hmm. can watch this stuff. Yeah. Awesome. Well, this has been episode seventy two Oscar nominees uh, of What Do You Want to Watch. David and Nathan chatting it up. You've been listening to it. We've been talking about it. See you later. Bye.